Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. How are you, Mace? I can't remember the last time I actually walked into the studio with you. I'm great, and I'm trying to remember the last time that you walked in here wearing a suit. Well, I don't really... Or a shirt and tie. You've got well, the jacket off right now, but you've got the coat. you got the... You got the shirt and tie. You look great. Well, thank you. I have an event tonight, uh, so I'll be leaving a little bit early uh, right before the last segment. Need to get down to Mile High Station for a, a fantastic nonprofit called City Year. It's a, a group of kids, AmeriCorps kids, that uh, it, between the ages of 18 to 25, and they volunteer about 1,700 hours a year working in schools, tutoring kids, doing after-school programs. It's a wonderful nonprofit, and I'm thrilled to be a part of it tonight. What's going on with you, man? Oh, you know, just living the dream as always. Wow. Well, um, is that a good thing? Is, is that is, when you say the dream? Is that is that a positive, or are you being sarcastic? Um, being, uh, I'm I'm happy to be here with you. Oh well, thanks. In I appreciate the grand scheme, it's slightly sarcastic, uh, but that's okay. That's you know, you have you have good days and bad days, so it goes. Okay. Well, we're gonna make it a better day. Time now for the lead. The lead, presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Okay, a big Avs win last night. What impressed you most about the Avs beating Nashville 7-2? to I mean, it was just thorough, comprehensive. Uh, obviously, take basically, look, you're, take, you're taking advantage of a, a weak team. In this case, you're taking advantage of a team without starting goaltender. Uh, that's, that's what you're supposed to do in a matchup like that. Especially, especially at home, um, it had some echoes. Although it was more sudden and forceful early, had some echoes of uh, uh, when the Avs beat the Vegas Golden Knights seven to one to start the uh, conference semifinal series last year. A lot of people I saw on Twitter said the same thing. Don't get too excited. They won seven to one in the conference semifinals last year. Very similar backup goalie, although a much better backup goalie uh, for Vegas with Leonard last year than uh, than the Predators had last night. Well, I'm going to go to something that Nathan McKinnon said after the game, and I think this is what is different this year compared to last year. He said, you need everybody's best, and I think we learned from last year's playoffs to not take our foot off the gas. We will be ready for game two as well. I think the experience of getting knocked out of the playoffs early the last two years, not advancing to the conference finals, <clears throat> I think that is going to push them, <clears throat> excuse me, to make sure that they don't let their foot off the gas. McKinnon is a kid who is full of piss and vinegar. He's been in the league for going on nearly a decade. Weird to call him a kid then. Well, he's young enough to be my son, so I think I okay. can All right. call him a kid. Maybe you can't. But I can. He's a kid. Compared to me, he's a kid. He's over 20 years younger than me. I, I get that. I just think that there comes a point, and McKinnon may actually be at that point in terms of 
in terms of experience when uh, you've been around since uh, this is his ninth season. Right. There, come, there comes a point where you're not a kid anymore playing a game. I do not mean that. Oh, to I, be I derogatory. No, I don't mean it being derogatory, but I just, you know, I, I you know, it's his, it, it's it's you know, you know, a, a kid becoming a man. He's become a man while he's been here. He has. He has grown up. He is a guy who desperately wants to win. Uh, Landis Gog is the same way. I mean, he's been the captain of this team for a long time. But I think that the past failures have motivated them. They know that if they don't try their hardest, they could get knocked off. They had no business being knocked off last year. They had no business being knocked off the year before. But they were. And they were all excited, probably after that 7-1 win against Vegas. What impressed me most about yesterday's win is that Nashville, as the game went on, specifically at the end of the second period and into the third, they tried to get overly physical. They tried to take the Avs off their game, start pushing these guys around. Well, the Avs now have guys who can push back, but the guys you don't want pushing back, who have the temptation to push back, are Kadri, Landeskog. They will need Kadri to win 15 more games. They will. They will definitely need Landeskog to win 15 more so games. So Kadri's going to have to be careful. Well, if you remember at the end of the second period, he was right in the thick yeah. of it, and they were goading him to do something, and he didn't. He let one of his teammates take over, and that's what he's going to have to do. Listen, he's not going to be with this team next year. He's yeah. going to go someplace else where he makes a lot more money. And I say good for him, but they desperately need him on the ice to score. When he came here from Toronto, he was a good scorer, but he was more of an agitator and a guy who could score. I'm not saying that he's like a Chris Simon. Chris Simon had a couple of pretty good years scoring, but Kadri's a more consistent scorer. And oh, by the way, Chris Simon would beat the hell out of you too. That's not Kadri's game. Kadri's more of a pest who can score, but you need him. You need him. Despite the depth on this team and the fact that they are healthy, that's great. You don't want to dig too far into that depth because they already lost the guy who's not going to be playing in game two. And they're going to need him to be disciplined. It was a good It was a good start in that moment last night, but that will be far from the last time the team tries to get under his skin and tries to get under his skin in a game that is much more competitive than it was at that point last night. Right. I mean, at that at that juncture, the Preds were, you know, they, they were trying to instigate, but they were also trying to get to the finish line, hit the reset button for game two. If you see that going on in a 2-2 game, that's where it gets concerned, and he's going to have to, he's going to have to hold himself back. Listen. and Because they don't win. If he's suspended for for four games, they, I mean, let, let's say they're playing St. They have to play St. Louis the way the blues look. I don't think they, I'm not sure they, they beat St. Louis in a seven game series without him. I, for some reason it's escaping me. Kadri was suspended last year or the year before. I think it was, it was last year. Right. And his numbers are certainly far better this year. If he hasn't learned from his mistakes, mm -hmm. then I don't want him on the team anymore. If he finds a way to get himself in trouble, 
bench him. That's going to work itself out naturally because he's probably going to leave. I mean, I think a, he's going to he, leave. He's anyway. got an expiring contract that somebody's going to offer him more money. I have no doubt. So. I have no doubt. But if he can't control himself, if he hasn't learned from his mistakes, and I believe he has. Listen, he had the opportunity to jump into a scrum, mm-hmm. and he didn't. Good for him. I'm sure it killed him having to sit on the bench, or not on the bench, in the press box watching the playoffs last year. I like the discipline that he showed. I like the discipline that Landis Scott showed. And oh, by the way, the West isn't loaded with talent, but it is loaded with teams that like to grind. Mm-hmm and push, and shove, and get in your face, and take you off your game. Some of the teams in the East, pure skill. That, that, the Avs will be better in that situation. Right, but you got to get there first. And no, then, I understand that. And then, of course, and if you do get there, then if you face Carolina, for example, then Carolina is a team that will play that style that they're going to see in the West leading up to the finals. So uh, it's, it's possible they may have, they, they may have four rounds of facing teams that try to get under their skin. Well, in this series, that try to what... compensate for a skill difference. But I mean, Carolina's is, the thing that with Carolina is they're a skilled team that does play that physical agitation style and they can muck it up. Well, we'll see if Carolina winds up advancing, right? We'll see if they wind up advancing. We saw, for example, Florida, which you know, won the president's trophy uh, against a team that uh, has, has certainly uh, more experience with deeper playoff runs a team that uh, looked tougher last night in the right. Washington Capitals. Right. It, that that game right there was a was your textbook example of playoff hockey's different. How do you think game 2 unfolds? I know it's tomorrow night. Do you think it's more of the same? I think it's I think it's more of the same in terms of what we saw in the last two periods. I don't think the I don't think the Predators Again, unless they're just unless they're just getting besieged, and this is where again the fact that you know they were on their third team goaltender by halfway through the period. Um, this is where I, 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 this is where I think it won't be the type the Predators will not play the type of game that lets it get away from them. I don't think they had a choice. <laughs> it wasn't up to them. They got bull rushed. They got hit in the face with the frying pan right off the I think hop. there'll be a bit two more. Two goals in 22 yeah, seconds. Right, but there'll be, I think they'll be a bit more prepared for that sort of onslaught. I, you I know what? I don't, think they, I don't think they were. I think the Avs win, but I don't think it's 7-2. to two. I think it's 4-2. With an empty netter or a legitimate four? Legitimate four. I think so, too. Four or five goals. No doubt. It's a, it's a tougher game, but it's, it's still a, it's a comfortable win, not a blowout. Right. Right. I do think Nashville will get one will get one game in Nashville, though. Coming up after the break, Michael Malone held a press conference today talking about a championship window, and he said something very interesting on what the Nuggets are planning on doing to make sure that stays wide open for next year. We'll talk about that next. Take my word. Mean, mean 
Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, the weather is changing. It is getting nicer with the exception of today. And it is definitely time to get your 30-point inspection with Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air. You can beat the rush while it is still inexpensive to get that done. They have an amazing offer as well. You can save up to nearly $5,300 on exclusive Mighty and Rudd heating air replacement offer. What is Rudd? It is the best material out there. It's the best that you can get. And that's what I got for my home uh, because I needed a new HVAC unit. I love the fact that Mighty showed up on time. Uh, They did what they said that they were going to do. I got a great deal as well. And I got the I got the best HVAC unit out there. All the reason to want to work with Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Go to MightyPH.com. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Mighty Plumbing and Heating. Why does Mighty Plumbing and Heating have over 600 five-star reviews? No one has better service, and they will meet or beat any written offer. Go to MightyPH.com. Well, Michael Malone had a press conference today saying this is the biggest offseason for him since he came to Denver. And the goal this summer is to surround Jokic with a championship-level roster. This is what he said. Windows only stay open for so long. We have to capitalize when we have a special player like Nikola. So the Nuggets roughly have about $130 million tied up with five guys. Jokic, Murray, MPJ, Gordon, and Barton. That does include, just for fun... $9 million to Monte Morris. So how can the Nuggets improve their roster with the salary cap at $122 million and the luxury tax, which is $149 million? You expect the Nuggets to push over the luxury tax? Well, they've done it before. Right. And I think this, I think this was Michael Malone's way of saying, all right, let's, we're going to have to do this. I think it was a little bit of a message. I also think it's, he knew this information going into this press conference. I'm sure that Tim Conley and Josh and Stan and probably Michael all had a conversation that, yes, we are willing to, we are willing to spend into the luxury tax. Now, I don't think they're willing to go the same route as the Golden State Warriors, whose payroll is roughly about $188 million. Although right They're now, not going to yeah, go there. At this moment, they actually have, a, not just counting those, you know, th- those five, and then plus Monte Morse. At this moment, they have $155.7 million on their books. Right. Well, right guy, Faku is not going to be back. But that, that doesn't include Faku. Doesn't? That, 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 doesn't, that doesn't include uh, the contracts that uh, aren't there. That, that includes, for example, uh, Jamichael Green at $8.2 million. That's unfortunate. Can Jeff, I tell you why? Jeff Green at four point five. Player and then, options. Yeah. Player options. Yeah. And... Yeah, I don't Michael, see, both greens have player options. Right, and yeah. that is a shame. But I think they might have to go higher than that. What do you think that well, they, they... They definitely will, because right now they've got... They have 10 contracts at $155.7 million. Right. And you need at least two to fill out a, a game night roster. 
So, so what do you think they do? What do, what do you think they do to improve the roster when they're sitting at $155 million? I mean, first of all, you have to accept you're going into luxury tax mode. The only way you don't go into luxury tax mode is you're, you're, you're having to sell for pennies on the dollar. But, I mean, who wants Will Barton's contract? Who wants $14.375 million for I'll him? tell you who would want him. A team that wants an expiring contract. That's who would want him team that wants an expiring contract he has one year left and it's really not that expensive and if you look at barton if you're another team as a complimentary role off the bench he might be effective i just don't want him in my starting lineup i don't i mean you and i've talked about that yeah that that, that the, the lineup needs to be shaken up it needs to be bones getting this getting the starting minutes and i think it will one way or the other right and it well, it, it, and if you if you can find someone to take it, great. But I mean, you're but the expiring contract has value. But you're still, I mean, what are you getting back of of value? Probably not much. Well, a draft, probably a draft pick. Mm, I th- or unless you're trading expiring contract for expiring contract. Okay, I'll give you a guy who I would love to see on this roster, and I've wanted to see him on this roster for a long time. It's PJ Tucker. He's a defensive guy. They need. They have enough scoring. They need perimeter defenders. They need guys who can defend down low. They have plenty of scoring on this roster, and that is the direction they're going to go. I talked to somebody in the Nuggets organization today, and he asked me not to mention his name, so I'm going to anyway. I'm not going to mention his name. And he said to me, we are looking for a P.J. Dozier type. We need a Torrey Craig type. Those are the type of guys the Nuggets are going to go after. Guys that don't cost you a lot of money. If you have a guy who's a terrific defensive player who's averaging seven points a game, you can get that for $15 million all day. What was, what was uh, How much did Tucker make last year? He's an unrestricted free agent, by the way. Yeah, P.J. Tucker? Yep. No, he's got Tucker has one more year left on his deal. He does? I thought I read today he was an unrestricted free agent. He's got a player option. Aha. And what's, what's he... Okay, well, seven point three five million. There we go, ding, ding, ding. Right. So he's got to turn down the player option first, or he, he might, or if he picks, or if the option's picked up, then that no, is no, it's that, a player option. Or a player, if he chooses that, then it's then it's expiring contract for expiring contract. Of course, then it, the, the other thing that comes into play is that Tucker would make half, roughly half of what Will Barton makes. Right. So it's guys like that that you target. Guys who aren't scoring a lot. They don't need scoring on this team. They need guys who can defend. So I look at a guy like Austin Rivers. He only made 2.4 this year. He can walk if he wants to. I think the Nuggets like him. But I don't think they like him at two years, 10 million. I don't think they'll like him that much. So you bring in defensive guys. That's what they need anyway. Look what happened against Golden State. You had Aaron Gordon a power forward guarding the perimeter. They desperately need defensive help, and you can find those guys at a relatively inexpensive price. Bring in a couple of guys. If, if P.J. Tucker is making $7 million, Yeah, with the Miami Heat right now. Okay. I bet you can find guys like him for five, million, five to $7 million a year. So you're adding, what, 10 
fourteen million to what you already have, I think Stan's willing to do that. Listen, when they gave the contract to MPJ, essentially Stan had already agreed to go into the luxury tax. He knew exactly what he was doing, so he had a little bit more. But you need defensive help desperately. You think there's a ceiling at which they won't go any farther into the luxury beyond the luxury tax threshold? I don't think they want to go there. Period. But no, but they're they're kind of forced to. I mean, they like, are. Like they don't, they said, they don't have enough defense. They're except they're and no, they they literally don't have enough players right now. They're they will be unless they sell, which they're not going to do because. It's all about a championship window. They they are in they are over the luxury tax for 2022, 20, 2023. And that's my point. Yeah. But how much oh, like like what what is the level? Are you willing to go to 165, 170? I think they will. Yeah. I mean, again. Like, like what's like <clears throat> that the question is what is the ceiling above the threshold? I don't they're again, going to go to. They're not going to go 188 million, 189 million like the Warriors. They're not going to do that. However, when Stan agreed to Michael Porter Jr.'s contract, he essentially agreed to be over the luxury tax this year. Is that a fair statement? Yes. So if Stan knew that already, which he did, and now Michael Malone, who I'm sure... Because then they gave, then they had the Aaron Gordon contract on top of that. Right. Yeah. I'm sure Michael Malone did not go rogue and come out and say all by himself mm-hmm. without having approval, saying that the goal is to surround Jokic with a championship-level roster, that means you have to add. I think they're probably open to trading their first-round pick, maybe with Barton. So how appealing would that be to another team? Right? I mean, depending on where that, that team is in the process, like the, the, the first-round pick's going to have extreme appeal. The only, I mean, the thing is, though, after... that, That's one where you kind of consult with Tim Connolly and say, okay, what are you thinking about how this draft is going? Because... Bones Highland, what that's going to be terrific value for you. Mm-hmm. But your chance now, that being said, your chances, uh, I mean, relative to draft position, Bones was a home run. I don't know how I much, don't know your chances of getting that two years in a row. Tim Conley has missed very infrequently on the draft. Anytime he goes into a draft with a pick, I like his chances. Look at the history. The history is great, right? But the same, but but, the, but what they got out of Bones quickly exceeds what they've usually gotten from the from especially in the last in terms of that first year, kind of finding out really quickly. I mean, MPJ, for example, there was there was nothing. But well, they, you knew because you look at like, I mean Zeke Naji, they've gotten they you know, they got nothing. He might more. be a trade chip too. Yeah. They've gotten you know he's been he's been depth and nothing more. Well, they chose not to play him. When when you have when you have the two greens, but we're sitting here now, what th- two three years into his deal, and he can't get and he can't get himself off the bench, right? So, it's it's appealing that's, to that's an, not a pick that's worked out yet. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. You're not you're not going to hit every one. My, my bones my, became a rotational guy basically right away. Right. Well, they desperately needed him too, and he stepped. Yeah, but he was ready, as it turned out. He he was he he, he, he was ready to give him 10, 15 minutes a night. He, he played like a rookie. Every once in a while, he'd give him a really good night. He played like a rookie. I'm not going to be over the moon about his performance, although I liked it, and I like his upside, and I like where his career is going. I like all that. Um, but usually, you're not getting that level of production even out of a rookie when you're talking about picking 22nd. 
You might be right. Second, twenty third. Well, you also are not expecting much. Neither, not not much much year. out of a guy in the second round when you get Jokic. Yeah. You're not expecting much out of a guy when Monte Morris is in the second round. Yeah, so there've been yeah there've been good picks, but but right. but again, you when they picked Bones, I don't think they were expecting that much right away. I think actually I I'll, and now, but the fact that we're talking about him potentially being a starter next year, show I mean that that's great value. So you so you have to weigh in what what Connolly thinks of this draft and what he can extract out of uh, what is it going to be about pick uh, nineteen, pick twenty. I'm gonna I'm gonna respect versus what you could trade for. I'm going to respectfully disagree about Bones for this reason. What was their backcourt going into this season? Faku, Austin Rivers. What else? Monte Morris. What else? I mean, if you're just looking at draft position, forget about the player. How many high draft picks were? And Will in the, Barton. I mean, Will Barton. Was, Will Barton was a trade. No, but I'm talking about you. You're saying look at their backcourt. It's not much. You no, know, Will Barton was a part of the backcourt going into the season. He was, and and still was in the playoffs. But he was he, honestly. For a guy who thought he should be a starter, he's not. And they were getting better from the, by the playoffs in terms of the efficiency, minute by minute. They were getting better from Bones than they were getting from Will. I won't disagree at all, but they were thin in the backcourt. Uh, and to, sometimes when you're thin and guys get pushed into roles, they end up exceeding what you expected. I mean... We knew the kid could shoot. We, but yeah, we knew the kid could shoot. We didn't know. I didn't know he was. Oh, going, we he used, has a we long used way the to, word kid. Is that okay? He's fine. That's fine. Are you sure? Yeah, like he, he's a rookie. He was a rookie. He's going to be. What, what's the what's the line of demarcation about calling a kid a kid and how many years he's in the league? If we're talking about the NFL, uh, you're beyond that first contract. You're not a kid. Okay. So like four years. All right. If we're talking the M- if we're talking the NBA or NHL, where you could easily, I mean, you could easily come into the league like Nathan McKinnon at what age nineteen? Right. And uh, and Bones came in at age twenty. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe you can move that a year or two. So I think it'd you be can a, call him a kid for a little while. Longer. I think it'd be appealing for another team to take Barton's contract, which is not that crazy, and a first-round pick for a pretty good defensive player. I think that's appealing. Expiring contract, a contract that is not crazy expensive, and a first-round pick, I think that's appealing for another team. I do. Maybe you don't. I do. No, I'm. I don't. I'm not saying I don't. I'm saying you have to sit down before you make that deal, and if and say, okay, Tim, what do you expect to get out of this pick? When you're in a window, you, you're not. You're not looking to add more and, draft. And picks. I and I don't look. And I don't think the chance of getting somebody who, when he got thrown out there, was as productive as Bones as a rookie. I, I don't think the chances are that great from pick 19, pick 20. I'm. I'm saying, look, but the fe- but I think you check with him first. Me, I would probably make the trade because you are trying to win right now. You can't count on finding somebody who looks like he's going to be in the starting lineup. I'll in tell year you, two. I'm, I'm gonna give you, you can't, you can't, I'm you gonna can't give you, count on finding. I'm gonna that give you two after. Nuggets examples from, in my mind, one of the best GMs in the league, and Tim Conley is one of the best GMs in the league. Gary Harris was taken about twentieth. Kenneth Fareed was like eighteenth or twentieth or twenty second. When you have good GMs, they find guys. Around those picks, those guys were super productive, and and those two GMs, Masai and Conley, consistently hit. Not all the time, but consistently hit. Coming up after the break, NFL.com surveyed six of its analysts, asking who should be the best opponent for the Rams in the opener. 
the Broncos could be part of that list. Were they? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda. Or find them at sdhmazda.com. NFL.com surveyed six of its analysts. And they said, who would be the best opponent for the Rams to open the season in L.A.? It's a Thursday night game. Three said the Bills, one said the Buccaneers, one said the Raiders, one said the 49ers. The Broncos would be available because they are traveling to SoFi this season. Would you put the Broncos on this list of best opponent for the Rams? On that Thursday night game, week one. Yeah. Um, I'd put them on the list. Um, I would not have them at the top of the list, though. How would you rank it? Uh, Buffalo number one. Me too. I mean, that is potentially such a delicious matchup. Right. Uh, San Francisco number two. Oh, I wouldn't. Rivalry, and they just played in the NFC Championship game. I wouldn't. Why not? Because if they... If Jimmy Garoppolo isn't starting, then you have Trey Lance as a rookie starting in his first game. And I well, he start didn't he? I thought he started at least once last year. Starting as a starter, that's what I mean. The thing the, is, full, as the full time starter, right. first game. No, I, I don't would not think want they that. would do that unless he was ready. But the reason why San Francisco kept that game close, it didn't have much to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. They kept that game close because their defense dominated i understand and i think their defense even without even with the loss of dj jones up front which is is going to affect them it's still a a fairly deep defensive line i they the thing that the 49ers do that i that even though they don't have the same talent as the rams establishes parity in that game is because their those teams are so similar schematically that the niners defense is the one that has enough talent to where between facing that type of offense in practice every day and just what they have on, on in terms of talent on the defensive side, they don't get flustered by what the Rams throw at you. No, I'm, and that, I'm with you. And that's why I look at that game. I, I think, and there, and then there's the rivalry aspect to it. So I'd put the Broncos third behind the Bills and 49ers, and I would put the Broncos ahead of Arizona and ahead of Dallas, and ahead of Las Vegas. I would go Bills, Buccaneers, because it's Tom Brady. It's about the quarterback. The Buccaneer game is away. 
But then why did somebody have the Buccaneers on their list? I don't know, but I, you know, I, I'm literally looking at the Ram. Mm. I'm literally looking at the uh, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, well, that web, person's way off. Uh, website right now. So let's. Okay. Yeah, like he, the the road opponents for the Rams are Seattle, San Francisco, Arizona, New Orleans, Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Kansas City, and the Chargers. The home opponents are Seattle, San Francisco, Arizona, Carolina, Atlanta. No, no, and then Dallas, Las Vegas, Denver, and Buffalo. Okay. So the Buccaneers aren't on the list. No, I'd go Bills. Buck, if the Bucks game was in in L.A., yeah, that would be number one. Right. No, actually, I would still go with the Bills because that could be a preview of the Super Bowl. It could, but at the same time, uh, it's part of it is kind of the Bucks and Rams history. They play, you know, they they played in the playoffs last year a game Fine. in Tampa. I want a Super game. Bowl preview game one. Okay. That's what I would love to see. Bills. Broncos are number two. It's Russell Wilson's first game with the Broncos. I would do that number two all day. The Raiders, uh, maybe. I mean, I understand they have Devontae Adams. Raiders would love it. Be a home game for them. I I think there are probably probably more Raiders fans in Los Angeles than Rams fans. I think even after the Super Bowl win. I think for almost all teams, it'd be a home game. So, Not to the degree like the the Raiders and 49ers are the teams that were, and you saw in the NFC Championship game, the stands were a sea of red. I would I would base it on the quarterback, and especially with Russell Wilson coming here, I'd say Bills, Broncos are number two. 49ers, Trey Lance, yes. He started a handful of games, but his first time as a starter, as a full-time starter, I wouldn't do that for my opener. I put the Raiders over the 49ers. I think the 49ers wouldn't want that, but again, right. I think it would... I think it would be another close game. Give because me the, I think Kyle I think Kyle Shanahan would give Trey Lance a game plan that minimized mistakes, kept kept him in it, kind of like he did with Garoppolo. Okay, we have 30 seconds to go. Give me one pro, one con for the Broncos playing on Thursday. Quick. Uh, one pro, spotlight game. Might as well jump in the deep end. Yep. Con, new coach, new quarterback, quarterback learning learning the scheme, everybody getting adjusted, uh, new, new, def- new defensive coordinator. I think uh, he'd rather ease into it. I agree with your con. You know what the biggest pro for me is? A nice long break between game one and game two. That's what I like more so than anything else. You're perfectly set up for game two because you have a nice extended break. What do we have coming up on Mountain High Appliance just in case you missed it? An absolute marathon last night at Madison Square Garden between the Penguins and the Rangers. We'll talk about Igor Shesterskin's historic performance and uh how that game went to three overtimes next right here on afternoon drive with goodman and mason on mile high sports Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. 
at Mace Denver, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, earlier in the show, told you about Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air. I got my HVAC unit from them. Uh, they showed up on time, which I love. They did exactly what they said they were going to do. I got a great price. I got the best product out there, Rudd. And there's no place you should want to go other than Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air. After all, they have over 800 five-star Google reviews of that. Want to bring in the guy who is really responsible for setting the tone at Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air, the owner. Kevin, how are you, my friend? Doing good, Eric. How are you? I'm great. So the weather is changing fast. People are starting to use their HVAC unit. I'm guessing you could probably give them a great deal on an inspection and really help them out, right? We can. Yeah, we're running our uh, our spring tune-up special on all the ACs. So we go out. Uh, it's 99 bucks. We wash the outside and give it a good check to make sure they're going to be good for the uh, the season. Okay, so crazy question. I got my HVAC unit last year. Do I need an inspection? I recommend having us out every year to check it, make sure everything is good to go. So no matter how new it is, something could happen, right? Something could, and we can catch a lot of these uh, right away before there's an issue. last thing you want to do is get to the middle of July, have some people over for dinner, and the air conditioner doesn't work, and it was something that could have been prevented in May. Right. You are always including extra goodies when somebody buys an HVAC unit or a furnace from you, what kind of stuff are you throwing in right now? So right now we brought back, uh, we have a $1,250 instant rebate on any full system. And also if you purchase an air conditioner or a system from us, uh, the month of May, we're giving away free duct cleaning with disinfectant. I know it's probably not surprising, but to get over 800 five-star Google reviews, how much pride do you take in that? knowing that everybody you hired is doing exactly what you've asked them to do? Well, we take a lot of pride in it. And the way we get those reviews is putting the customer first, giving them options, and uh, and then we, we strive for five and we perform. And that's how we get those reviews. And we'll continue to, to keep doing that and uh, build them up so that we can next year this time talk about maybe 8,000 reviews or something like that. Well, listen, I've, I've written a couple. I don't know if I can get up to 8000 for you. Are you asking <laughs> me personally to do it? I've already wrote two really good ones, and I meant it. But you're not just leaning on me, are you? Uh, no, we ask every customer we go, we want to know if we did good or bad. Uh, so we ask uh, everybody for a review, and that's how we get them. How do people- Obviously, you got to perform in order to get it. No question. How do people get a hold of you? How do they find Mighty Plumbing, Heating, and Air? Best way is the website, MightyPH.com. Kevin, have yourself a great rest of your day. Talk to you soon, my friend. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Have a good one. See you, Kevin. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Time now for the final word. The final word. Is presented by the McKenzie Law Firm. Don't wait before it's too late. Protect your family by setting up a will, living will, or estate plan with Dan McKenzie at TheMackenzieFirm.com. Just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. Just in case you missed it, the Pittsburgh Penguins and New York Rangers went to triple overtime last night in Game 1. And despite Vesna Trophy favorite Igor Shosturkin's 79 saves, 
which is the second most in a Stanley Cup playoff game, the Penguins got the win 4-3. Overtime, obviously different in the regular season than in the playoffs for hockey. In the regular season, they do three-on-three three for a five-minute period, then they go to the shootout, and in the playoffs, it's just another 20-minute period, the same five-on-five skaters. Do you think that the playoff rules should be different in the regular season and in the playoffs, or do you think that they should maybe change it so that they're the same? I think they, I, I think they should be different. I mean, I don't like the idea of a playoff game being decided by a shootout. It's fine for the regular season, five minutes, uh, five minutes of uh, of of and what was it three on three right yeah five minutes of three on three and then the shootout but that is too contrived a way of deciding a game as a gadget as a playoff the game. gadget i mean it's it would be like and look i know this is in, in college football like in college football you've had some big bowl game like like college football playoff type of games that have been decided on you know on the contrived put the ball at the 25 yard line thing i think is ridiculous and to me, that would be the, if the NHL did go with a regular season like overtime in the playoffs, it'd be the same thing. What was the most impressive part of the game? Just pick one thing to both of you, because I have my most impressive part of the game. Was it the 78, 79 saves? What was it? Anything? I was, to come I was mostly watching uh, NBA playoffs and the Avalanche yeah. on ESPNU since it was supposed yeah. to be on ESPN. Um, but. Yeah, I don't. I okay. think I think that seventy nine saves is incredible. It wasn't the most impressive thing to me. Want to know why? Because the Penguins had to use their backup backup goalie, but that's not even the most impressive part. The fact that he won the game in theory while he was waiting to go in the game in between the first and the second period. You know this? I saw something about his uh, his pregame meal. No, it was, wasn't pregame. It, it was pre him going into the game yes. but it was during the actual game between yes. the first and the second overtime thinking he's not going into the game he decided to eat some spicy pork and broccoli if you ate spicy pork and broccoli could you do any type of athletic event after about 15 minutes from eating it that thing would be running through you like lava I mean, the spicy pork part of it. Yeah, broccoli is a pretty sound idea. And I think pork... It's if, the spicy pork yeah, that's the problem. I think... I understand the rough. If it were non-spicy pork, if it were just right, like a pork chop, yeah, just seasoned but not spicy and broccoli, I'd be like, hey, great. Get a little protein in, a little veggie, you'd be do, you're doing well with But that. it's spicy. It was a spice. Hot. That and was, by the way... That's a, that, that's a risk. But maybe he's got the cast iron type of GI system to be able to handle that sort of thing. Well, he didn't think he was going into the game. I mean, you remember Trell Davis was uh, scarfing hot dogs, right? Correct. In Tokyo. Not and, spicy and hot dogs. Regular hot dogs. Not and spicy got, hot scarfing dogs. Scarfing hot dogs, and he got called to go out there on uh, kickoff coverage and made the play that got everyone's attention. You eat that type of food, mm-hmm. uh, you, you better have a uh, bathroom on call. Yeah. And in this case, he's all padded up. And going into the game. That, to me, is impressive. Just in case you missed it, the Broncos have re-signed tight end Eric Saubert. I saw this reported by Mike Kliss uh, just about an hour ago. Your They've thoughts on them shoring so. up that, uh, that tight end room there with a guy who's been here and can maybe do a little bit of that mentoring that 
Ryan Tannehill's not interested in doing. He's gotten a lot of heat for that, hasn't he? Yes. And what's so funny? You know what's so funny about that? Flacco said the same thing, and nobody said anything about it nationally in 2019. And now suddenly this is a story. Well, the um, the the Titans of uh, 2022 are coming off of being a number one seed. The Broncos of 2018 of 2019 are coming off going 6-10. Yeah, but you know what the difference is? And I hear what you're and saying. And also another thing is also I, th- I think Malik Willis probably was felt in high was regarded in higher esteem nationally mm-hmm. than Drew Locke was. I agree. And Joe Flacco was a Super Bowl MVP. So he wins. The other th- the other thing to go back to to go back to Salbert really quick. Um I think bringing him in tells you that uh he's a guy who started four games mostly a blocker. But uh I think it, it, there are things kind of telling you that um they want Greg Dolcic to be the starter at some point. But he may not be ready right away. They want like you know, Dolcich talked about the fact even though he's two forty three, relatively small for a tight end, they did block at UC at uh, UCLA. Third round pick, you bring in, you're expecting him just to start at some point in the first two years of their career. Albert Oak Webinom been very, the coach has been very specific in saying they see him as a tight end in space, but not really one working in line. And Eric Tomlinson is seen as a blocker. I think it wouldn't surprise me if Salbert is actually starting when they are in a base offense and keeping the seat warm until Dulcich is ready. That was Mountain High Appliance. Just in case you missed it, not only do they have the best appliances out there, something to fit your budget if you need it, something high-end. I mean, they can help you redesign your entire kitchen. Big box stores, they're selling you piece by piece. The customer service, and that's what makes them so special at Mountain High Appliance. They have people who ask the right questions to make sure you get what you want. Big box stores, you have somebody selling you a television, a refrigerator, and a phone protector. That's not customer service. You're going to get that at Mountain High Appliance because that's what they do. You can find them in Louisville, Littleton. You can also find their clearance center in Denver. In the meantime, Jason LaConfora, he does it every year. He does his tiers of quarterbacks. And over the last six years, none of the Broncos quarterbacks have been anywhere near the top two, three, or four tiers. Well, times have changed. Where is Russell Wilson? That's next. Every night she'd be on the floor shaking what she'd got. Man, when I tell you she was cool, she was red hot. I mean she